With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Luther Mays and also Ruben Torres, who will be joining us a little bit later. Um, and welcome to tonight's show. computer friends of mine, they say it's far more simple than anybody would ever know. Is that true? Uh, it is. If I, just w- I just want to say one thing. Um, in the FBI report released Friday, I agree with your analysis. It is very strange that that was released Friday afternoon on a Labor weekend. I do think it draws questions as to what sort of game the FBI is trying to play. Uh, but there is, Hillary Clinton says that she can't remember what a C in brackets stands for. Everyone in positions of government and in WikiLeaks knows it stands for classified confidential. And in fact, we have already released uh, thousands of cables by Hillary Clinton. Here she is, Clinton. See, that's her signature, Clinton, with the C in bracket right there. Wow. Thousands of examples where she herself has used the C in brackets and signed it off. And more than 22,000 times that she has received cables from others uh, with this C in brackets. So it's, it's absolutely incredible for Clinton to lie. She is lying uh, about not knowing what that is. But it's, it's, it's disturbing that Tony uh, goes along uh, with that game. Well, Julian Assange, uh, fascinating. I do hope you get free one day. I wish you the best. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Sean. Um, okay, folks, uh, welcome back to our show, and um, that was Sean Hannity, along with Julian Assange, the, um, the uh, owner of the WikiLeaks, who had, whose group who had brought the scandal about the Clinton and, and, um, and the Democratic Foundation. And um, folks, before we get into tonight's show, I want to say the show is sponsored by studentsforabetterfuture.com. That is studentsforabetterfuture.com. It is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that um, is engaged in social research and also um, uh, acting uh, and, and recruiting students on campus. And uh, we're doing great things. We have uh, internships available, one in media and communications, the other one in the um, uh, social media and a few others available, just go to our website and visit studentsforabetterfuture.com. That's studentsforabetterfuture.com. And tonight, 
uh, we are going to be talking about the WikiLeaks scandal. Um, and if we know anything about this history of WikiLeaks, um, well, l let me start by saying this, that this, this scandal has actually began in the summer, um, but I want to pick up on ones that have happened right here, okay? Um, the latest leak follows the release of around 9,000 emails um, via the WikiLeaks website, and these include messages highlighting Hillary's email scandal, Wall Street connections, and handling backroom deals. Um, then earlier, earlier leaked emails suggested that Clinton knew the Islamic State, which is formerly um, ISIS or ISIL, and received clandestine support from Saudi Arabia and Qatar, both major allies of the U.S. and the Middle East. They also show that in 2013, Clinton admitted that the largest share of donations to the Clinton Foundation came from abroad and that the new DNC chair leaked Bernie Sanders' campaign strategy plans to the Clinton campaign. Um, and so, you know, basically, uh, Luther, are you there? Um, Luther, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Okay. So we have this scandal brewing. Um, and it's been brewing since, I would say, July. Okay. And did right. you hear the latest? Did you hear the latest one? Well, last 24 uh, hours? Yes, the Podesta emails. Okay. The Podesta Twitter account and new email account were hacked on Wednesday after the fifth WikiLeaks email release. Now let's go to Benghazi for a minute, folks. The new releases include further details on handling Hillary's email scandal as well as the hearing by the White House Committee on Foreign Affairs into the 2012 attack of the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi. In 2015, an email sent to Podesta about Hillary's Benghazi hearing the sender suggests turning the focus from Clinton to the congressional Republicans and their totally skewed and misplaced priorities. So, and then it says, I believe this challenge could be potent enough to garner a headline. Um, and so Hillary's emails, um, it wouldn't be a Hillary leak without a mention of the infamous, infamous email scandal. And I think we're getting some static in the line. Hold on a second. Okay, let's see. There we go. Um, so uh, while discussing the possible responses for the Clinton's traveling press secretary, Nick Merrill, campaign spokesman for Brian Fallon, writes, in preparation for the possibility that the State Department may acknowledge as soon as today that there were 16 SID um, emails missing from 55K pages of material produced by HRC. Um, on the record, Hillary Clinton has turned over 55,000 pages of materials to the State Department, um, including all emails in her possession from Mr. Blumenthal. This is what Fallon writes. And off the record, if pressed on whether we are essentially admitting the possibility that she deleted some emails, look, we do not know what these materials are or where they came from. Just take a look at them, and many of the documents are not even formatted as emails. For all we know, it could be that. In the course of reproducing his emails after his account was hacked, 
Sid misremembered which memos actually forwarded to her and which he did not. Um, so let me go to my guest again. Hopefully we have this static for us. Okay, um, Luther. Luther. Yeah. Um, okay. You know what's so funny about this attorney general? When, when Nixon was at over Watergate, he fired the attorney general that tried to bring up charges on him. And what I don't understand is the attorney general knows her job, and that's her job to charge Hillary. And it's, they're just refusing to do it. Where Nixon had to fire his attorney general because he tried to put him up on charges of Watergate. Do you remember that? Right. Um, we no. are awaiting for uh, our, one of our guests to call in who can explain his behavior by the FBI. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll be able to get her soon. Um, but anyhow, um, you're right. You're exactly right on that. Um, and so I, I want to go back to the case here. We as Americans have to think, um, is it more important that we have – something like this in where I mean she's actually a criminal or do we have somebody like Donald Trump in and Luther what do you say to that I don't don't see how whether people taking the fifth amendment and uh, I mean taking the fifth and all that and the attorney general is not doing her job because that is her job to charge when the FBI bring the reports and she's refusing to do it um that uh, the president really don't have the legal authority to fire her for doing it. And what's that? What is this? Well, the law standards different than they used to be? Nixon didn't get away with it. He didn't get away with it. Now they're going to allow Attorney General not to charge her? That don't make any sense to me. Right. So we have to look into um, to what has happened here. And um, we, we do have you know, the Bureau saying that, you know, something should have been done with this. Um, So I also want to play a clip from um, Judge Janine. Okay, we know Judge uh, Judge Janine from Fox 5 because she had something she had to say on this. Um, Let's see if we have this clip. Okay, hold on one second. got to find it. Okay, here it is. We're going to play a little bit of this clip. So hold on, folks. Imperial, Kimberly Guilfoyle, and next and later, former Governor Mike Huckabee and Dr. Ben Carson are here as oh. we continue. WikiLeaks released new Clinton campaign emails okay. revealing how friendly Hillary was the Attorney General Loretta Lynch. This was only months prior to Lynch's investigation of Hillary's illegal secret email server that gave foreign governments access to our confidential information. This comes on the heels of disclosure that Clinton campaign was conspiring and colluding with the State Department and Justice Department over the release of her emails and the investigation into her server. Donald Trump earlier today talking about the new WikiLeaks revelations related to Hillary Clinton's server scandal. Now, among them was an email from Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta, to Clinton aide Cheryl Mills. Now, Podesta discussed Hillary's server scandal, asking, quote, well, you think we should hold emails to and from the POTUS, president of the United States? Well, that's the heart of the executive privilege or his executive privilege. We could get them to ask for that. Now, they may not care, but it seems like they will. Here with reaction. 
co-host of The Five, Kimberly Guilfoyle, the host of Justice, Judge Jeanine Pirro. Okay, we got to slow down here because we got collusion. We know that the State Department contacted Hillary's campaign, gave him a heads up. We know that the Justice Department gave Hillary's campaign a heads up. We know now that the White House was actively involved because the president who said he learned about the emails in the press ended up getting emails to and from Hillary. Now, I would say because of everyone's involvement, we need an outside investigator. We need a grand jury impaneled, and there is a possibility, first of all, that if they destroyed those emails and they were under subpoena, that's a crime. That's called obstruction of justice. So she could get elected and be impeached in, within days. True or false? Well, you're right. Uh, she could get elected and be impeached, but here's the problem. You've got the Clintons who have their tentacles all over. This is a textbook example of collusion, corruption, and a banana republic. You've got the Department of Justice, the FBI, the State Department, as well as and the, White, the House. White House, all, all in collusion. in agreement just to make sure that Hillary gets in. I mean, the deal is everybody's in on the deal except for the American people. You can get the Justice Department or a special prosecutor with grand jury powers to start all over. But here's the problem. Jim Comey destroyed some of the evidence. Jim Comey allowed for the destruction of some of the evidence. It makes evidence you wonder on. what they have on Jim Comey. Well, you know what? It, it makes Sorry, you because his actions don't make any sense. I agree. I know him to be a different man, but I am terribly disappointed. You think there's a possibility they may have something on him? I don't know what they did to him or why, that, why he did what he did, but it's contrary right. to the law. But here, if there were we're in the middle of an investigation. Why would the Justice Department be talking to the Clinton campaign? Is there any justifiable reason, just like any justifiable reason Bill Clinton got on a plane for 40 minutes with Loretta Lynch? No, the impropriety of it, um, the lack of ethics and morality. I mean, this is a big problem. And now here you have the proof is in the pudding. In these emails to show the collusion, to show the, the desire to obstruct justice, to perpetrate a fraud upon the American people, it is outrageous. We're both former prosecutors, and when you see something like this, it really shocks the conscience. And by the so way, we know this is Obama about someone who lied. may take the most important office in the world, the presidency of the United States. I, I want to dig deeper into this, because we know Obama lied when he told the yes. American people, oh, I just learned about it in the press like right. all of you. Yes. That was a lie. Okay, so now we have an issue. If that evidence was subpoenaed, the emails, and John Podesta and Cheryl Mills are conspiring to erase them and get rid of them, and he's invoking executive privilege as a means of getting out from under this cloud. What does the president know? And, and when, when did he know, know it? it? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the problem. Because you've got this cover-up, and, and generally the cover-up is worse than the crime itself. You've got um, the president saying he had no idea that she had... A guest online? Yep, okay. I'm on. uh, Okay, um, Matt, uh, are you on hey. the line? How are you? Yes. Welcome to the show. Okay, so um, we're, ta we're talking about the WikiLeaks email scandal, um, and you know, and, and definitely how big it has gotten. And um, Matt, can you for, um, introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do? Yes, um, Matt Singleton. Um, I do uh, local ministry and then some work on the side and stuff, but uh, basically my uh, internet ministry is called uh, Bible Smack, or www.biblesmack.net, 
And uh, I get involved with uh, all sorts of things, whether it's uh, theology or politics or conspiracy theories or whatever. So, um, you know, basically, uh, I, I'm in it to win it. Right. And um, what is is your take on the WikiLeaks email scandal? Well, it's an interesting thing because, um, you know, um, the government, Homeland Security, would label WikiLeaks a left-wing terrorist group, and essentially they they said to the right-wing terrorists, basically anybody who's like conservative, uh, like y'all or myself. And in fact, I was um, in it when, when they get the right-wing uh, con- conspiracy. They uh, they mentioned a couple groups that I was a part of. Uh, this would be a left-wing terrorism group, and essentially they're into um, movement of uh, computer hacking and stuff like that. Uh, so it's interesting that WikiLeaks is, uh, went after and attacked uh, the Clintons. But uh, essentially, uh, what's happened is that I heard about some of these emails talking about Hillary Clinton being very open in her secret emails about a globalist desire and dream to have America filled with over 600 million uh, illegal aliens, which would outnumber uh, American citizens two to one at least. Um, that's that's about the most I've specifically heard on this. And um, basically, um, you know, uh, you can't um, you can't build uh, things on a house of cards and stuff like that. I kind of think about a scripture where Jesus was talking about um, how the devil couldn't. And a house uh, divided cannot stand. And he was talking about the uh, demons and stuff like that. And they were accusing him. Uh, they are accusing Jesus of being demonic because he was casting out demons. Uh, a house divided cannot stand. And so, uh, you know, when evil starts to rear up, it usually starts to bounce against each other. Um, let me ask you this. Why would the... FBI um, do what they did, um, you know, and particularly um, the the director. Well, I tell you what, huh? the FBI, the FBI is a uh, funny organization. Hello, do you hear me? Okay. Hold on one second, uh, folks. I think we have some we have some static coming in here. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry about that. The uh, the FBI is a funny organization. Um, in one aspect, it's a little bit too strong uh, as a as a conservative. It's a little bit too strong with the federal power. But on another level, they've uh, really kind of been very strongly protective of America. They've got a good reputation considering comparing the FBI to let's say like the CIA or NSA and stuff like that. They've done a more efficient job. But uh, essentially, you know, they came out and they admitted that, you know, with the email scandal that Hillary Clinton had racked up about 150 uh, felonies, and yet they said that they were not going to prosecute. I think, obviously, um, by, you know, exposing Hillary, the problem is is that she is so interconnected with so many groups that the government would be afraid of the kind of secrets that she really has. And essentially, it's just a situation of uh, 
ultra blackmail. And so it's taken a group like WikiLeaks to expose what's going on because other people are in on this scandal. And uh, our country has been infiltrated with many groups of people, but ultimately one goal, and that is a globalist goal, a dream of a one-world government. And so in order to have a one-world government, we have to have a globalist one-world economy, and then we have to uh, take down a lot of our borders, uh, destroy national borders, and destroy national sovereignty. Uh, and all these things happen success- successively. In other words, you know, when we do these world trade agreements, then we have this international trade that has to have an international organization to monitor the trade. And then once you have an international organization, then you can use that to basically influence and push other countries around. And ultimately, the goal would be to have everything in one massive order, which, you know, for our new modern world, you could call the New World Order. And um, this dream, it's a a very modernistic philosophy. Uh, It's also a pagan philosophy, but this this dream has been one that has gone throughout history uh, among uh, many elite people. And so now we see uh, our governments infiltrated with this philosophy. And it doesn't matter what you call it. Some people might be offended if I said New World Order. But the accepted term right now, globalism, is exactly the same philosophy, that we need to reach across and have one interconnected unit of global government. But isn't it uh, – I, I think it's similar to communism. Um, oh, yeah. And you guys refer to it as globalism. I, I'm so used to dealing with communism. Well, I think that, you know, and this is Asian one of those areas. things where it, it's, it's directly um, you know, so in accord. It, it, it's exactly in the same accord as communism. The difference is that communists usually focus on, you know, okay, here's a communist country and there's a communist country, and then we're going to make these countries communist. Um, so it's really a different description, but it's the same thing. So you're, you're right that this is communistic as well as globalistic. Um, But I think the reason why I use the term globalism is because people who don't identify themselves as communists or even try, they may even claim they're not socialists, are actually part of this agenda. They are, you know, agreeing to these ideas. Um, George Herbert Walker I identified himself as a um, Republican, and, of course, he could claim, hey, I was vice president of Ronald Reagan, and we took down communism. So a good way to understand this is that, okay, uh, you may have fought some way of some forms of communism, but you do agree, you know, and he he brought out in several of the speeches, I think over 40 speeches where he used that term, New World Order, and others will will talk about the term globalization. But it is... Mm -hmm. um, It's basically the same idea of this world empire, and that goes back to a lot of pagan ideas about a world empire, and they had empire religions back in the ancient days. Um, So now let's go back to the time when um, when uh, her she was caught stopped in the airplane, okay, on the tarmac, 
and the FBI went in and interviewed her for three hours, okay? Uh, I assume it was James Comey. I don't know that. But mm-hmm. w- so when, when that was going on, w- was she actually making a deal with him? Um, it's hard to know because there are several different strategies these people can use. They could use uh, blackmail, which I kind of feel like I would guess that she's more of a blackmail person, but it could be uh, blackmail of him or some of the other people, or B, it could be a payoff. That's possible. But if it was a payoff, I just, I don't think he would have like mentioned how many felonies that they thought that she, you know, was legitimately guilty of, even though they were not going to try to arrest her. So I kind of I kind of feel like they didn't like her. I feel like they they didn't want this to go down that way. But basically, you know, to me the scenario would be probably a blackmail situation where she had info on them, which would compromise the whole Federal Bureau of Investigations. So she had info on them. Okay. Yeah. That's- um- now, it's my theory, okay? I'm not saying that it's, you know, um, that I've got all the documentation factually done, but there are so many things that lead to that. Uh, okay, Luther, did you want to ask a question? Well, on the blackmail issue, um, an attorney general is to do her job if she sees the evidence, and she's refusing to bring charges up, so she should resign. Yeah. She should resign. There you go. Yeah, okay, then, yeah so especially uh, the the attorney general that was uh, formerly employed by Bill Clinton, right? That's what we're talking about. Loretta Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that situation, um, and that one could be, you know, one or all of the above. I mean – and, you know, they could do both. They could be, like, rewarding her and punishing her if she didn't do the other thing. But basically, um, yeah, she has way too many connections, and things are way too obvious. You know, I mean, when the, when the press is even noticing this, there's a problem. Um, and you, you could tell that there is a power that the Clintons are wielding that is controlling um, – Basically, anybody on the left. I mean, you think about what they did in order to get Hillary to beat Bernie Sanders. You know, um, not to mention um, how they were wheeling. They've been wheeling and dealing from early on, you know, when Obama took over and they were opponents. And it just didn't seem like Obama was so hip to doing this, but he, he gave her the position of Secretary of State anyhow. And so there's a lot of control that goes on. And, of course, we also know about, you know, when you're in charge of the State Department, you know, bribery is something that, you know, you have many ways to do. And, of course, she had a lot of power, and we see that with her charity, the Clinton Foundation, where a lot of favors and stuff are brought forward to people who are basically giving, you know, um, a large portion of money to her. Uh, in the foundation, and then they get all sorts of government uh, favors, and usually these are people who are 
you know, of dubious character, you know, tyrants in Africa and uh, other different groups, um, some of these people in Asia and stuff that have a lot of um, evil connections. And, of course, a lot of our problems in trade that are with China totally revolve around the Clintons. And that goes back, I mean, you had, instance, the um, Sandy Berger incident where, you know, he was, running away after the Clintons left office with uh, a bunch of classified material uh, stuffed in his crotch. So, I mean, you know, basically it was kind of obvious that um, there was a lot of good stuff that has led to huge changes in our economics and our global policies. And they've just, you know, they've been crying their way to the bank, you know, and they're saying, oh, well, I talked to people and just hundreds of millions of dollars just rush at me. You know, I mean... Uh, I'm sorry, but I'll talk to people, and they either like it or they don't like it, but they don't pay me much. <laughs> so, and right. usually when I say pay um, me much, I mean never pay me, but that's another point. <laughs> D- David, are you on the line? Yeah. Okay, because I know you want, wanted to get in. Did you want to ask the questions? Well, you know, I, I've been warning uh, people about this generation that was coming, you know, for – you know, from the 70s all the way up to uh, Clinton, you had the uh, Reagan generation. But before that, you had the 60 generation, and then they got done with school, and then they finally got into the schools and all that stuff. And now that's what we got. You pretty much, with Obama, you got pretty much the 60s spawned. That's pretty much what we got. And uh, so what you get now, these, these people that were radical in the 60s are going to try to finish it now. That's, uh, they've been weak. Obama's weak in this country for the last eight years, you know, and just slowly, just slowly, just been taking things away and taking things for granted. And you know, like like I said, this the, as soon as the World War II generation started dying out, which it's doing all the time now, uh, this is what you're going to get. You remember the, the '60 generation remembered chaos, drugs, and everything else, and that's what you're getting now. You know, the, the, the things that were outside are now normal. And they brought that into the schools. They brought that universities, uh, you know. So, you know, what you guys are talking about, you know, the seeds were planted in the 60s, and now the trees are coming up. Right. Well, and, you know, um, I was going to say, you know, uh, when it comes to that, a lot of these seeds that are planted, uh, you can go uh, you go back and you find somebody else and you find somebody else and you find somebody else. And basically, um, a lot of, like, uh, Europe really got uh, messed over in the 1800s, and then it carried over from there. And um, I was watching a movie uh, about J. Edgar Hoover uh, just a couple weeks ago, and they're talking about how uh, there was this outbreak of communists, and they were very violent terrorists and stuff, and uh, basically they kind of forged together the FBI and stuff, and so they had to deal with the communists before they even had to deal with the mafia. And so uh, these groups have been, you know, trying different strategies and taking things one step at a time further and further, and you find that a lot of the socialist movement was uh, working hand-in-hand with uh, mafia groups over time. And, uh, of course, you know, we know about 
things are interconnections when it comes to the drug trade. You know, so you can imagine, you know, the kind of money and power and influence that goes behind these groups, especially when we get to, like, Solinsky. Solinsky, he dealt with mafia groups, and yet he was a personal mentor to both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And basically, these groups, in their mentality and mindset, they're mad at the Christians because the Christians kept democracy alive. Democracy was supposed to be something as an intermediate form to move on to uh, the communist goal for Marxism. And yet, the Christian values kept uh, things alive. In other words, people didn't need the government because they had both the, uh, the help of the church and the teachings of, of the church and personal responsibility. And so uh, the church became an enemy and they quickly um, developed things. They developed the uh, Darwinian theory. And, you know, it's interesting because it doesn't matter if their experiments failed or if their evidence was fraudulent or if we found discoveries that would lead to an intelligent designer. Uh, you know, it, it had to keep on being pushed as more and more true and factual. And it kind of hypnotized the generation. They, you know, they talked about it so much that they figured it must be an absolute fact. And I'll have people tell me, oh, we've had like 150 years of science and evidence. But, well, you started out with a fraud called Piltdown Man, and then you had some other frauds, some drawings from Earth Cycle and stuff like that, and other fake um, man-to-evolution things. And even now, evolution is based on the idea at the tone, please on? record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. We did not get your message, either because you were not speaking or because of a bad connection. To disconnect, press 1. To record your message, press 2. Okay, hold on, folks. All right, I want to make sure I'll still on. Are you still there? <laughs> to disconnect, press 1. To record your message, press 2. Okay, so, yes, you're back on. Are you still uh, there? Okay. To disconnect, press 1. To record your message, press 2. Uh, so, anyhow, um, but getting back to what you Sorry discussed. you were having trouble. Please try again later. Goodbye. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. You know, with uh, WikiLeaks here, okay, um, you, you know, I, I mean, this has been going on for a while. Yeah. You know, and I don't think so we're going to be able to straighten it out in, in one election. Yeah. We know that, like, uh, WikiLeaks probably, you know, they've crossed paths, and this is a good thing to kind of know that there are people who are even on the left who understand the kind of level of corruption that Hillary Clinton has. And so that's a good sign because, you know, basically a lot of people have been enslaved by these different worldviews. And so with these worldviews enslaving people, they just vote according to that ideology. You know, they're taught that there's no such thing as objective morality. And so they live in this secular idea of a culture. And what they don't realize is ultimately... Uh, they become pawns, you know, and uh, 
Lennon, I think it was, who uh, called them, uh, uh, what was it, useful idiots, okay? Right. Basically, there's a lot of people that are being used, you know, in order to function the communism. But yet, you know, some of them aren't, uh, at least their morals or their integrity is not all the way gone yet. They're, They're realizing, hey, this is bad, and I want to get away from it. You know, but uh, um, that's kind of where powers kind of traveled. I want to bring on uh, our guest, uh, Lindsay. Are you on the f- line? Ah, yes, I am. Yes. And well, welcome to the show. Can you tell everybody uh, what you did? Well, what did I do? Um, well, I yes. started out as an FBI agent two decades ago. Okay. But I got out of it because I didn't like what I was doing. We were relocating murders, giving them new identities, and letting them live in all these other states and giving them money and all that lowly stuff, which I thought was really corrupt. So Um, so I I just... Matt gave us his perspective on the FBI why they did what they did. But you, you know now from the inside how the agency works. Um, uh, I, 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 I do, unfortunately, yes. Um, uh, m- so most of us... Seem, seem to be, it doesn't seem to make any sense what they did from a long standpoint. Don't you think? I mean, this is is totally a breach of security here, you know, and to let her walk is kind of questionable. Uh, um, yes, and in fact, um, one of my friends that is still with the FBI, um, you know, they, they, they were based out of a, a different field office, but um, many of the people that worked their butts off really hard, um, they knew she was guilty as hell, and they were upset because they worked so hard, but Comney who Obama appointed back in 2013, I believe, um, he let her walk um, against everybody else was against that. But, you know, he was the guy that Obama appointed, and he was in charge. And that's the really sad thing about working for the federal government or even the government you got somebody else that's in charge, you work your ass off, and then you have, you know, some corrupt guy. Well, Comney, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware, but, you know, his brother-in-law um, is one of the owners in the law office that does the Clinton's taxes for them. You know, to me, I think that's a conflict of interest, too, besides. Um. So now, how do those who have worked for him? How do they deal with this? Um. The the the, the, the FBI agents that are working that were working underneath Comney on this investigation. Yes. They're mad. They're very upset. Um. But they're employees of the federal government. 
um, some of them are looking for other positions. And, you know, the FBI, at the same token, they have all these jobs that are available. So it's, it's sort of like an open and closing door all the time because they, they, you know, under the federal government, they, they don't even really pay the FBI agents that much money. You know, and uh, a lot of people that want to be an FBI agent, they don't know what they're getting into. You know, you go out, and the first they wanted accounting degrees, which I had. Um, now they'll take accounting degrees or IT degrees. You have to take written exams. You have to go to the FBI Academy down in Virginia, which is how I, I met Sheriff David Clark. He, he went down there, too, for training, but, you know, he, he's not with the FBI, of course. Um, but, you know... Um, the the people that they work so hard they become part of it and then they you know it, it depends on which field office they put you in and what your responsibilities are but then they're like why did I want to get in here you know I I don't like what I'm doing you know and the people up me above me they give me orders and I do what they tell me to do and then I find out that they're corrupt and they they're calling the shots and to make a different decision. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, the president that appointed this director, which, you know, Obama is the one who appointed him back in the year 2013. Okay. So, all right. So a lot of people don't know that they just, you know, they, they don't see it like that. And, uh, well, the, the so, media is certainly not going to report it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah that, that, that's how it works. You know, and, uh, of course, you know, his office out there well, was directly involved in it. You know, and the FBI, they, they're, they're all split up, and they have, like, over 56 main fuel offices throughout the United States, um, you know, and, like, I had to report to Northern Minnesota was in charge of my district. Um, but so it, it, they're all set up throughout the United States, you know. Um, but, no, the, these people that were working for Comney, um, I don't know them personally, but, you know, one of the other guys that I do know, um, he does know them personally, and so... Him and I, we talk frequently, and he said, you know, they're madder than heck, you know, because they, they work their asses off, and they're, they're like, for, for what, you know? They, they uncovered all this stuff about her, and they even had it on their laptops, and, you know, they <clears throat> made sure that all that stuff disappeared, too. Uh, hey, let me, I got uh, go ahead, Matt. Matt. Um, in your, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Um, Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Lindsay. Um, yeah. Now, in your experience, uh, is the FBI's behavior been about kind of at the same level, or did it kind of was it better earlier and then grow to this intensity at some point? Um, oh, it, it, I, it's I gotten worse. It, it, it's gotten worse over the years. 
it's gotten much worse because you know I I was young that that was you know several decades ago and you know I got the heck out I had my accounting degree I went to work at a CPA firm you know there I was in a nice safe environment I was actually you know I enjoyed my clients and I was using my brain. I was doing more accounting related things and I was making a lot more money too. So I was glad I got the heck out. Um, So Lindsay, let me ask you um, when her plane was on the ground at one day for several hours and I asked this of Matt and he gave me his perspective on it. um, It was on the ground for several hours what was taking place in there? Um, you know, oh, it, uh, yeah. when, when Hillary's was on the ground or when... Hillary, um, Hillary's, yeah. No, Hillary's was on the ground. Um, it, what might have been taking place inside that plane? Because the FBI had her on the her plane on the ground for hours. Uh-huh. So, uh, well, have- I, unfortunately, I'm not allowed to know because I'm not with the agency anymore. Um, I, I wish I could tell you exactly. Um, only an FBI agent that was involved in that area could probably tell you exactly. Um, it, it, they won't even have it in their computers. See, my my so, second cousin uh, works there uh-huh. too. Okay, so so they would have not even logged that in, something like that. It's oh, almost like heaven, no. Uh uh-uh. uh So it's almost like it never happened. Yeah, yeah. It, it it it's like you know, um, I I don't know. My my opinion is you know, comedy, um. He, he shouldn't have run this, but you know, I, I think that has a lot to do with why he got that appointment, is because Obama knew that he was brother-in-law with you know, oh, and Comney, by the way, he, he's like, uh, he's oh, he's going to be 57 this December. Um, with, with the FBI, you're supposed to retire when you're 55 years old. So, and, and okay. the, the guy, he's got his degree in law. So, you know, well, well, what is he doing running the FBI, you know? It, it, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, they, they usually, the government, you know, wants to hire with them, you know, and they want somebody who's got analytical skills. And, you know, look, my, my husband, bless his heart, he's dead right now, but he, he's got two sisters that are attorneys, and, he, he called them attorneys are nothing more than glorified librarians. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but right. that's well, the thing. Um, I've got a kind of different question, but I think it's very important and close to what we're talking about enough anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I was wondering about, you know, under the Obama administration, all of a sudden you had a lot of mass shootings popping up out of nowhere. And basically, um, I felt very early on, I felt like, you know, it seems like something's going on. Some of the stuff is either being staged or, you know, they're helping this stuff happen. Uh, Because, like, early on, um, 
I remember the Batman shooting over in uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, it actually, I, I was actually in uh, that theater the week before, and I'm not even from there. It was just uh, a weird coincidence. But basically, um, when I heard that on the news, they said that there were two accomplices, and all of a sudden, within a week, they were like, no, no, there was just one. And they never, they never go back to these stories, but you, you hear all this stuff that just sounds like, all these shootings have been staged or constructed or made to happen with uh, special characters. And I'm wondering, uh, the FBI, um, were they, uh, was this something that they were tackling or was it something that they didn't even address? Or, um, well, from your perspective, what was going on with the FBI when it came to these shootings? Are you asking me? Um, yes, go ahead, Lindsay. Um, it, well, what I do know is the FBI has never gotten along a, a with the CIA, and they, they, they were both brought in when this happened. Um, you know, just, just like, not to change subjects, but the Sandy Hook one, I don't even think that really happened. Um you know, um, but yeah, I I think a lot of them were staged. That they're after our guns. Uh, you know, um, yeah. my local sheriff knows that I've got guns that I even bought for my husband before Bill Clinton made those types of guns illegal. And he's like, hide your guns in case this witch makes it in because she's coming after all of our guns. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, Luther, did you I want? Gonna... Yeah, I want to ask. I want to ask a question. A couple things I want to say. A couple things I want to say here is, Lindsay, I heard that Obama has got a New Jersey Social Security number. Well, oh, since you are convicted are, are given a new number. Why does he have a New Jersey Social Security number? Mm. You know, I, I called the um, FBI about that years ago when he first got in. He has a deceased Cincinnati man Social Security number. The man is deceased, and the man was born in Cincinnati whose number that he took, and they said, Lindsay, get it off your computer right now. Well, eventually, it, you know, it, it came out and everybody could see it years later. Um, but, you know, see, because I did taxes, you know, we all know where people were born because with their Social Security numbers, and you cannot have your Social Security number changed unless it's got something that is against your religion later on in the number, like the number 666, but they specifically don't even put that in Social Security numbers. Um, But your first three digits tell what state you were born in that you get your Social Security number in. And um, right away when I saw it, I was like, oh, what's he doing with And the thing is, the man died. 
Social Security never reuses a deceased person's number either. So that's a part of the country. Right. He's really not a citizen of this country. Uh, no, no. In fact, I, I don't think there is any proof that he was even born in Hawaii. Um, there is a Hawaii down in Kenya. <laughs> that's probably where he came from. Uh-huh. The people in this country got to realize the FBI are very frustrated. They're doing their job. They don't get paid good money to do it. They're underpaid. Mm-hmm. They do the job. And we got an attorney general that it refuses to press charges on the evidence. Um, yeah, and and what, they have, what, what was Bill Clinton doing talking to her? How how did he know she was sitting in that airplane? And what what did he just happen to be doing golfing out there? Do, do they think we're total idiots, what we do no, see on the media? Me. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so uh, I guess they do because because right now the FBI it doesn't seem like it's doing anything. I think they're betting on Hillary getting in, maybe shredding the evidence. Well, since when do you tie the hands of the FBI, and since when does the CIA have anything to do with C- uh, the Sandy Hook? The FBI is in country. The IC uh, the, the CIA is out of country. So what are they, yeah. if they're involved, what are they doing being involved? Uh, they they just pull, pull them in for a show, I think. Because, you know, in defense of the FBI agents, they're, they're, they're working their butts off and they're, they're doing their job. But, you know, they always have a superior above them who, he, that, that person is calling the shot. Like Kami did, um, you know. But it, it's my understanding of the FBI agents, and there were like over a hundred that were working on this. They, they're madder than heck because they put in so much time, and they, they really wanted to see this lady hung. They're there to do their job, and they're not allowed to. Uh, right, and they only started them out like around sixty-three thousand. I I was just checking, you know, just recently what what they started them out at, and it's only like sixty-three thousand. And I was like, you know, well, Matt, Matt, did you want to get in and ask a question? Well, I was gonna say uh, earlier just that uh, I've seen some stuff with Sandy Hook, and they've documented. A lot of the people that were interviewed on the local TV stations were all people that had a background in theater, and they were local actors. But um, mm-hmm. also, um, you know, one particular dirty incident was the Orlando shooting. A lot of people don't know that the uh, Orlando shooter had worked with Homeland Security a lot and had helped, uh, I forget if it was smuggling drugs or smuggling guns, but he had been working... Uh, with plant security smuggling some stuff to illegal, illegal immigrants. And, yeah. um, you know, all that kind of stuff was connected right there for that event. And um, it was kind of it was kind of hilarious, though, to see, you know, how the Democrats were going to handle this one because they've got two parties they're placating to. They're placating to the homosexuals, 
and they're placating to uh, the Islamic terrorists, and, you know, they, they had to sit there and just, you know, act like everything was going to be hunky-dory. And to me, if the Republican Party and all Christians just left to face the earth, this would ultimately embroil a huge slaughter. And really what would happen is that the Muslims would kill off all the homosexuals. And so it's kind of interesting to me to kind of wonder if they're getting that clue. You know, like, you know, you, you beat the nice Christians and you're just going to get killed off later on by the Muslims. Mhm. Right, right, right. Um, so, so now let, let, let's let, let's throw Obama to them. You know, he he he's a homosexual. <laughs> mm. Well, and right, I, right. I will say I I got to interview a woman who went to high school with Obama, and she said that he had had a reputation as a homosexual, and that older homosexual men would supply him with cocaine back in the seventies. And he'd have big parties, and everybody in school knew about him because, you know, he got all this coke, and it was kind of obvious that he was hanging out with homosexuals and stuff. Mhm. I, I I believe it. Well, you know, in, in Wisconsin, we, we hear things that you know other people around the country don't hear, but you know, living down in Chicago. He had three sexual affairs with um, men that they coincidentally all died within a 60-day period of time. And two of them were shot execution style. And the other guy, I guess he died of AIDS or something. But, you know, this was, um, oh, yeah, yeah, the the last, well, two of them were from his church. Um, but um, the one choir guy from his church, um, Obama paid him a visit um, December 23rd of 2007. And he said, I'm going, I'm a senator, and I'm going to be running for president, and you and I never met each other. And this man, who was openly gay, he called his mother, and he said, well, you know, I've been messing around with Senator Obama. And he said, you know, he, he really scared me. He, he he just paid me a visit, and he's never treated me this way before. So she sent a squad car over to his place, and it's still an open case with the Chicago Police Department. But he, he was shot execution style, and he, he called his mom as soon as Obama left his apartment. You know, and he, you know, at Reverend Rice's church, um, they they had what what they called a down under club that met in the basement of the church, and those were their homosexuals who you know paired up with other sexual partners, and Obama and I think it's Rob, yeah Rob Emanuel that they have lifetime memberships um, to the Chicago Gay Man Spa. Um, oh, and Hillary Clinton, she, she came from Chicago, too. So their, their gun control is working really well, isn't it? They, they, they both, you know, came from the Chicago area. Um, yeah. Wow. 
Why did the guy pay millions of dollars to cover up all of his school records, you know? <laughs> I mean, yes. I, I have tons of questions, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, hold on a sec. I just want to see, Ruben, are you on the line? I am. How are you? Uh-huh. Ruben also co-hosts with us. Um, and, you know, we, we are talking about, of course, the the FBI and the WikiLeaks, um, uh-huh. you know, and, and uh, it, you know, I, I said it just be, behooves me as to why the director didn't go after Hillary. Um, and well, we I have can, our I, guest I on. Go ahead, oh, go ahead, Ruben. I, I can I can I can tell you that one of the things that I've learned, and I think most people might have the same uh, information that I have, is that James Comey is a, a, a board member of the Clinton Foundation. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, I forgot to bring that up. Yeah. Okay, so that's another so he, factor. He's got two conflicts of interest. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay, so that's why it's it's stopped at that level. So that might explain, Ruben, why they were uh, the plane was held up on the tarmac for three hours, and oh, nobody's yeah. supposed to know about it other than Fox News, who sent around the thing, and we got we got it too as well. Um, yeah, I mean, the, so it's, it's so it's obvious it's obvious that there's there's definitely a. Uh, 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 special interests uh, to make sure that, that Hillary uh, is the president of the the next president of the United States. I mean, one of the most influential donors and backers of the Democratic Party is George Soros. George Soros has invested a lot of money and a lot of time for, for Hillary to become the next president because she knows she can control Bill. She know, he knows they can control uh, Hillary. So there's a vested interest. Okay. Um, wow. Well, we actually have Can a I number of callers on. Go ahead. Sure. Um, the thing about all this is, is, in a nutshell, if the Republicans and Democrats are um, – the point of these two – these two is they're a double-headed snake with a handshake. And if that's not true, why is Bush voting for Clinton? Uh, the Bushes are very close to the Clintons. They have been for a long time. It's been it's been um, been documented that they are they have a very close relationship. Uh, that's they have they have a vested interest. They they, they believe in global in, 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 in a one world government. They believe in in, in a global global globalization. They have a, a lot of things in common. Let me. Uh, Our parties are a double headed snake with a handshake now. They're a double headed snake with a handshake now. So when's the last time you ever heard an ex president is going to vote Democrat when he's a Republican? Mm-hmm. Let me yeah, touch a little bit on this. Go ahead. Um, basically, I'd kind of done some uh, studying on this a uh, couple years, and this also kind of explains why we have this big uh, never-Trump movement that's infiltrated a lot of Christian groups. 
And what it amounts to is that, you know, there's two major forces that are very similar and, you know, could easily unite anyway. But uh, basically, America at the beginning of the 20th century was infiltrated by uh, fascists and communists. And one type of... uh, one type of socialist that's probably more fascist-like that um, kind of infiltrated America was called the Trotskyites. Uh, the followers of Lenin Trotsky, and he had been uh, kind of kicked out of, well, I think Trotsky got assassinated, but basically his followers got kind of kicked out of the USSR. And um, Long story short, they infiltrated the Democrat Party and then later the Republican Party. And these were uh, the pro-war party, uh, they really kind of pushed the military-industrial complex, and um, essentially, um, the Republican Party was not always the Christian Party. Okay, it was actually the secularist, atheist party uh, when it really got started. And what you saw is a lot of these uh, robber barons uh, infiltrate were in control of the Republican Party early on. And the robber barons were supporting Hitler and the Nazis. And so they gave huge amounts of money to Hitler and the Nazis to help uh, things go because they were gambling that Hitler would win and that he would win over Europe. So uh, essentially all this stuff was going on, and there were battles in uh, the Secret Services, the CIA, and other groups. I'm sure there's entanglements with the FBI as well, but... Basically, um, around the world, America started propping up nations, and the State Department would prop up communist nations, while the CIA would prop up fascist nations. And um, we know, um, now with the Republicans and stuff, um, they had to keep a lot of secrets, and in order to keep these secrets, they gave in to a lot of uh, communist goals. And basically, um, the uh, head of the CIA back in the 70s was guess who? I'll take that to say George Herbert Walker Bush was Mm -hmm. the head of the CIA back in the 70s. And uh, they had to do everything they could to keep a lot of these things secret. For instance, um, a lot of the... I'm just going to say a general term, Czechoslovakia, and I know there's other Serbs, Croats, all that kind of stuff, but basically they, the, the Republicans would not be allowed to campaign to the Czechoslovakians because um, they, were, uh, they would be outed for their participation, and there was a uh, specific massacre with a group called the Ostashi uh, who had massacred you know, about a million people uh, at that time, and that was hidden away. And so basically, um, the Republican Party was uh, very hampered by a lot of these secrets that they would have to keep for these people. So just as you had communism infiltrate the Democrat Party, you had a lot of Nazism and fascism uh, people infiltrating the Republican Party. Now, you know, we have this term, it's called neoconservative. And the neoconservatives have basically been in charge in running the Republican Party. They're partially socialist. They're very secular. And yet what they did was in order to gain power, they placated to the evangelicals. 
And so they said, okay, we'll be supporting pro-life and we'll be supporting traditional family values. But in reality, they were socialists. They were not going to win the game. Um, There would always be a uh, speed bump for conservatives to make an actual victory. They'd say, oh, I support pro-life, but they never do anything. And you could see that when, um, unfortunately, my senator, Mitch McConnell, uh, said that he was not going to change the budget so that they could cut funding to Planned Parenthood. The man sat there for 20 or 30 years and claimed to be pro-life, and he's giving money to an organization to kill babies. And a lot of these other Republicans were doing the same thing. This is why we've had this speed bump all the time. And so when you look at the Bushes, you look at the epitome of that. Now, I do believe that uh, George W. Bush had some sort of sincerity and wanting to do the right thing, and he did better than uh, his dad did or his brother Jeb would have. But it is ultimately he's a slave inside that larger cabal. And so these groups of people, of course, are connected together with the Clintons. And Jeb Bush gave, um, I think he gave, personally gave $100,000 to Hillary in honor of her work with Planned Parenthood, if that says anything to you. You know, so it's very obvious that there is these steep connections of socialism. And they they may be arguing up top about whether it's the big business that rules the world or the big government that rules the world. But ultimately, they're still talking about pieces of the same pie. Oh, definitely, definitely. Right. I, I totally agree with, I totally agree with your assessment. Uh, but I think it goes beyond that. Uh, uh, I think the Clintons and the Bushes and the McConnells—they're basically peons to the real power structure, which runs from uh, the, the the Soros, the, the the Gates, the Buffets, the, the people who have a lot of money in the world that actually really control what our politicians here, the Saudi, the Saudis. The Saudis have a lot of influence. I, I was in Europe um, in, in April, May, around May, and I, was, I have a cousin who lives in, um, and her husband, they, they, they live in Amsterdam, in Holland, and, and they were telling me that a lot of European leaders are basically paid off by the Saudis, by the Arabs, the, uh, the Muslims, because uh, a lot of the, the laws that have been changed, that have been modified in Europe, have been done on the uh, order of, of, of the, um, of the middle, middle Eastern barons, the oil barons, who have a lot of influence and a lot of control over. And that's, the, that's another reason why there's been a large migration of Muslims into Europe. Mm-hmm. Well, and right. uh, I'm, I'm yeah. going to tell you this, though. This goes well, a little bit farther than the money, though. Uh, if you want to go to find and unmask the devil, I'm going to tell you this. All roads lead to Rome. When you look at our current, uh, the current pope, the uh, uh, Jesuit Pope Francis, uh, basically the Jesuit organization is one of the premier secret societies of them all. And look at the visit that was made on American soil in Washington, D.C. about a year or two ago. When Pope Francis came in, everyone, everyone, the senators were treated as if they were fans at a rock concert. 
they were yeah. roped away from the presence of the almighty Pope Francis. When other power players come in, there's always a list of enemies. Pope Francis was lucky if he had two people protesting him when he got there. And when you look at the history of the centuries of that empire, because uh, the Roman Catholic Church descends from the Roman Empire, and I don't say this to demonize uh, Catholics. I know that there's a lot of Catholics with really good hearts who've done a lot of good for freedom and justice and all sorts of things, okay? But when we talk about the source of power, this group, the Jesuit Order, has been the most successful and powerful and manipulative of them all. And so I'm going to say that's where it's at, although really we don't have to necessarily push everything towards which conspiracy is which. We just know everyone's starting to figure this out, that there is this one-world government thing going on, and we've got to stand up to it. Um, Dad, Luther, did you want to ask something? Yeah, I want to add something about all this. Um, you uh, you look at this whole situation in Soros and all this money donated to Hillary. Whatever our whatever our presidents become, puppets. That's what they are. Soros and the people with the money are running this. Hmm. Uh, who wants to add? Who wants to add to that one? Uh, I, I agree with you there. Well, I was going to say, basically, um, you know, if y'all believe in, the, in God and know about God and the devil, uh, the devil in the Bible, his name's Lucifer, and it's called the Enlightened One. And when we hear terms like Illuminati and Enlightenment, it's really the same thing. And so, basically... Uh, when you get up to those levels of power in the world, um, it is intoxicating. And as a minister who's been involved with politics, there are some political things that I've been uh, witness to in government where I could feel spiritual forces swirling around me. And I'm telling you, it's just kind of like the nature of the beast. And that's why America was founded on principles of limited government, and that's why we were successful. Because the less power is centralized, the less danger you have of, like, the wingnut tyrant. And so it's just a, a part of it is that if we keep on going and growing and getting more power, there's going to naturally be more evil. Well, as a, as a Catholic, as, as a Roman Catholic, growing up being an altar boy and, and being going to a Catholic school, I really do not appreciate this current pope because I've read up on on the on the current pope. He grew up in a very socialist, communist era during the Peron Peron uh, dictatorship in Argentina. And if you if you look at his uh, history, I believe that that's one of the reasons he was chosen to be the next pope. Because he can relate to socialism and communism, and he was put there for that reason. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, well, if you, if, you look, if you look at all the problems when Reagan got in, Bush run all the foreign affairs, and when they questioned him, he said, I don't recall. 
Why didn't he read? Didn't he recall? Because Bush run everything, all the way to Noriega, all the way to Contra, the, the weapons, the trading for the weapons of Contra, and all that back to Valley North. Yep. Reagan was put yep. was blind to this. Bush run the CIA. Bush is the start of this new world <clears throat> order. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right. But so now, what, should we? What he said, I don't recall. He was serious. He didn't recall because Bush run the foreign affairs. Look at all. Look at all the problems. Uh, trading for trading weapons for hostages. Um, this this is Reagan. Reagan was not involved in this. This was Bush. Bush, and this is where it started. Now we got the Bush and the Clintons. If we don't get rid of them, we're headed for disaster. We got rid of the Bushes. That's why they're supporting the Clintons. Because we can get rid of Hillary, get rid of these two right. families, and go so back to constitutional rights, and to quit letting people like Soros buy our presidents and make them, polit- make them puppets. They're puppets. They're working okay, now I'm going to... Yeah, I'm gonna, hold, hold on, Luther. I'm going to put this question out. On Election Day, um, the left will probably pay people to vote. And and that's my assumption on that. And so we might have a case vote for Hillary. They might pay them to vote. As we had that case in Philadelphia, almost 100% of them voted for the Democratic, for Barack Obama in 2012. Um, so that's how far this regime goes in this. Um, so, but, but anyhow, uh, um, and Ruben, I know you wanted to ask a question. Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, I, so, I, my, right. Go ahead. My, um, I want to put out a question out there to everyone. Quickly, we have um, Julius Assange. Uh, how does him? How, how? What big revealing information is going to come out before the election that's going to propel? Donald Trump to win the uh, the election because as of right now, I'm I'm beginning to doubt that anything anything important is going to come out. What do you think? Who wants it, uh, Lindsay? Uh, Lindsay, uh, do you want to try that one or Matt? All right, go ahead, Matt. Well, basically, I'm not sure exactly what Assange will do to win the election uh, per se. I don't know if he's going to be the end factor. He might have done everything he could do and. Every everything else he throws will just be in that line. My theory it, it has this: if you know, there's been claims by Mike Pence and Donald Trump that they do have information that will exonerate him of a lot of the uh, sexual stuff that the news put out and everything. And basically, if they're not lying, if they put that out, you know, we've got a longer time period than most elections, and. Um, I really do believe that Donald Trump is a very ingenious, powerful guy. And so if he's smart enough, I think he he can pull something out. He's known about some of these attacks and stuff against him for months, if not years. And uh, he's very capable as far as, like, um, learning how to 
win deals and stuff. A lot of a lot of stuff that we think is insane on his part is him actually manipulating the press so that he doesn't have to pay for commercials. And so basically, I think that um, he is quite capable of winning the election. Um, but um, it's it's really hard to say. Uh, is this naturally going to happen? I know the system's set up against them, but people are getting very tired of the system right now. I mean, honestly, I think that even people on the left, and that's the big deal, people on the left are realizing that they're being manipulated and used, and there might be a huge shock as far as what happens at the voting booth. Uh, the real The real issue, though, is making sure... It's the electors that is the real issue. It's not even buying votes. The electorate is what we have to figure out how to win. And if um, if we could do that, that's where we're in danger right now, at least according to the manipulated poll sets, and they are manipulated. But uh, it's getting the electoral victory. And if we could do that, then uh, we're in like Flynn. Okay. Mm-hmm. My concern is that it, uh, up here in Wisconsin, um, you know, and in Arizona, they started even a month before us. Um, like, most, 87% of the people have already made up their mind. I, I don't think there are that many undecided voters left. Um some of these Democrats, you could flash stuff right in front of their face, and they are so blinded that they they want Hillary that you know you could drop anything right in front of their face, and they 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 accuse you of lying. You know that they're they're so blind you can't convince them. But um, I know here in Wisconsin, and nowhere they never ever brought anybody voting for the other people, but always the Democrats. They're, oh man, there's, there's all kinds of people that are driving buses and they're, they're picking all the people up and they're driving to the poll so they can vote. Yep. Um, oh, oh yeah. Um, I have I have friends in, in Lake Geneva, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and I was told four years ago they bu- they loaded a bus from Chicago, three buses from Chicago, into Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And these people, because I think in Wisconsin you can vote up to the last couple of days, you register. And all these people that came out of uh, came from Chicago voted for Barack Obama, and they were not really permanent residents of of Lake Geneva. Wow. Yeah, Lake Lake Geneva is like miles away from my house. Um, yeah. I, I know we caught a lot of buses trying to come into my state from the Illinois area, and we yeah. stopped a great deal of them, but I know a, a lot of them got through. Um, yeah, they got through, they got through, and they went to Lake Geneva. Wow. Uh, Luther, yeah. did you want to ask a question? No, I want to make a comment. I, um, you look at uh, people that work in this country, 
49% are on welfare, SSI, SSD, or Social Security. Mm-hmm. What are they trying to do? They keep handing the hand out to get the vote. What is this all about? All these wars and propaganda? It's all about depopulizing. GMO. What is that doing? Yeah. How many girls do I know on this Facebook that got serious problems? What's it created from? GMO. What do they mm-hmm. do? They steal so much money, they can't even feed the people of this world. Yeah. Right. So, that's that. so hey, uh-huh. uh, I just want to say real quick, um, I'm going to have to leave, but uh, it was really a great time uh, to chat with you all, and um, I'm sure I'll be able to uh, get the link to this show and uh, spread it out to friends. Come so, back. I uh, really appreciate it, Doreen, and everybody with you. Yes, and it was great, it was great having you. Yes, it's great having you, Matt. Um, all right. Thank you. It's all about our faith. Some, some are going to Kentucky, to the Bluegrass Rusty. <laughs> right. Uh, but I want to play a clip of the Sean Hannity here about the WikiLeaks. Go back to that. Welcome back to Hannity. Now, WikiLeaks continues to expose what Hillary Clinton tells you, the American people in public. Well, that's completely different from what she says in private. But don't take my word for it. Hillary bragged about this in a 2013 Wall Street speech where she paid a lot of money. Now, the Clintons have also made it clear that they don't care much for the average everyday Americans, the people that make this country great. We'll have more on that in just a second. But first, released emails also reveal major contradictions from Hillary on key policies and topics. Now, Clinton says she wants a 550% increase of Syrian migrants coming into America. But according to the emails in a 2013 speech, Clinton actually admitted what Donald Trump's been saying, that refugees cannot be properly vetted and could put countries they enter at risk. Is she willing to gamble? Uh, Okay, I want to stop right there. Um, Did you hear what she said about the Syrian uh, refugees? Yes. I'm not... I'm not surprised uh, 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 about Hillary. Hillary will tell you one thing to one group of, 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 of people, and then she'll say something else to another. She's been lying for the past 30 years, like the Donald said. She's going to keep lying. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's just kind of hypocritical. Uh, we yes. do have a couple of clips here. Uh, I'm going to play the next one, a little bit of, of this other one here. Let's see. And welcome to Hannity. Right. I want you to pay very close attention to what I'm going to tell you tonight. We have bombshell revelations from a new round of released emails from WikiLeaks, reportedly from the inbox of Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta. These details are absolutely stunning, and most of the media is not covering this. We're going to go over it in detail. Now, in 2008, the Clinton campaign appeared to conduct a focus group that tested voters' reactions to various attacks that they may have wanted to use against then-Senator Barack Obama in the upcoming primary race. This tells you a lot about the Clintons. Now, here are the topics they were looking at back then and allegedly testing. Quote, Obama's the only candidate at a recent event not to cover his heart during the national anthem, and he stopped wearing an American flag pin. Obama benefited from a land deal from a contributor who has been indicted for corruption. Obama would personally negotiate with leaders of terrorist nations like Iran and North Korea without preconditions. Wow, Hillary did that too. 
Uh, okay, so st let's stop and, and talk about that one, the latest one with the Podesta emails. Who wants to take that well, one? The Podesta, Podesta email is just a continuation of a long string of, of uh, deceptions that the Clintons have, have perpetrated on the American people. Um, but one of the things that, that, that really stands out in my, in my book is the fact that, you know, uh, she criticizes uh, Donald Trump for the birth or uh, uh, issue, but she was the one who started the whole process in 2008 against then late um, Senator Barack Obama. So, you know, again, being hypocritical and, and, and two-faced like the Clintons are. <laughs> so that that's the latest thing is the Podesta emails that have come yeah. out. Um, okay, let me play. I have one more clip here. Uh, okay, this one. Okay, hold on. Welcome back to Hannity. Now, WikiLeaks continues to expose what Hillary Clinton tells you, the American people in public. Well, that's completely different from what she says in private. But don't take my word for it. Hillary bragged about this in a 2013 Wall Street speech where she paid a lot of money. Now, the Clintons have also made it clear that they don't care much for the average, everyday Americans, the people that make this country great. We'll have more on that in just a second. But first, released emails also reveal major contradictions from Hillary on key policies and topics. Now, Clinton says she wants a 550% increase of Syrian migrants coming into America. Uh, okay. But according to the emails in a 2013 speech, Clinton actually admitted what Donald Trump's been saying, that refugees cannot be properly vetted and could put countries they enter at risk. Is she willing to gamble with your life? Is that what she's saying? Now, Clinton also says she wants a no-fly zone in Syria, yet the email shows she was skeptical about the idea during a speech for Goldman Sachs. Remember, another $225,000 payday. And she was also unsure about supporting or opposing the Keystone Pipeline and also praised fracking, despite now being a so-called champion of climate change. Now, Clinton is also a fierce critic of Wall Street and big banks in public, but she praised their actions after the 2007 financial collapse. Now, she also favored a plan that would cut Social Security, and she says just the opposite to you, the American people. And unlike what she says now in paid speeches, Clinton supported open borders and open trade. She also said she'd like to see the U.S. move towards a socialized health care system, just like what they have in Canada, single payer. But there's also issues about how the Clintons really feel about you, the American people. Now, WikiLeaks uncovered that Clinton hated using the phrase everyday Americans during speeches and that she was, quote, far removed from the struggles of the middle class. Now, her campaign spoke spokeswoman viciously attacked and mocked Catholics and evangelicals. And a Clinton activist asked John Podesta, quote, well, what is wrong with the people of New Hampshire? This was just before Clinton lost the primary to Bernie Sanders. Clinton also referred to Trump supporters as a basket of deplorables that were irredeemable. Well, now Bill Clinton is taking these attacks on Trump backers even further. And here's what he said yesterday. Another guy's base is what I grew up in. You know, I'm basically your standard redneck. Here with reaction, CEO of CrowdPath and former advisor to British Prime Minister David Cameron, Steve Hilton is with us, and from the American Conservative Union, Chairman Matt Schlapp. Um, I want to ask you in the context, I look at the polls, we still don't have polling post-second debate, still don't have polling post this WikiLeaks, which is now even being revealed every day. 
So I don't know what the real poll numbers are. Nobody really knows. But you lived through this with Brexit. You saw the ups and downs in the polls there. There were people that were convinced no way that would happen. But it happened. Do you see similarities in this yeah. election? There are so many similarities. I mean, one of them is what we've been uh, seeing here, which is the complete unity of the establishment, the media establishment, the political establishment, you name it. In the UK during Brexit, they all said that if you support Leave, you're some kind of xenophobic and you're a racist and you've got to be on the side of the EU. And yet, the people rejected that and they said, no, we're sick and tired of being told what to think by the establishment. Yeah. Now, a lot of the time, because of that shaming, that was going on, people actually wouldn't even admit that they... What was the disparity in the polls? Well, just before the vote, I think even on the day, they were predicting, I think David Cameron himself was given a prediction on the day of the vote that he would win by about five points. And it turned out to be the yeah, other so. way, exactly. Yeah. So it was really far off. Now, yeah. I think the other thing that we're seeing with this is just the total cynicism of what's going on uh, in Washington and with the Clinton campaign. And I think that also is something that will really get people fired up and angry. And as long as the focus can be on that, I think that there's still everything to play for in the election. Matt, uh, there are those similarities. You got, look, the Republican Party establishment, they're against Trump. Every Democrat, they're against Trump. They're the establishment. Media establishment, <laughs> we just exposed that in the last segment. You've got even the UN. I mean, you have every single major conglomerate power broker at every level now against Donald Trump just like in just like before the Brexit vote That's right does do you think there would be a swing in the polls like what we're describing here look Sean I think you're right be very dubious of any numbers you see now between what was released when this well orchestrated tape drop and the fact that Donald Trump I think had a gangbuster uh, debate performance in St. Louis and now you have all these WikiLeaks, which are just reminding us what Hillary Clinton is all about is a disdain for the average working person in this country. Um, when you put that all together, I don't think you can really trust these numbers for several days to come, maybe a week or so. Do you I think, think a week or so we're question. going to know where this race sits. Do you think in 27 days this level of contempt, the exposure of corruption and collusion, between the Clinton campaign and the media, the Clinton campaign and the Department of Justice, the Clinton campaign and the White House, the let's take one position privately and another position publicly. Right. Do you think people absorb all of this in time? I worry about that, Sean, but the good news is, is this, which is the American people are getting the honest truth when the cameras are off and the doors are shut. And Very different Hillary people. Clinton and her senior advisors really talk about the American people. What they've said about Catholics that we learned today is repugnant. It's not consistent with American values. They don't understand what makes this country great. And I think if those are the themes that yeah. come out just broadly from these leaks, um, I think it sets into the voter why they want to make change. And Donald Trump is the candidate of that change. I've got a roll. Thank you. All right, coming up next on this busy uh, news night tonight. Okay, right. hold on. Okay. Uh, let's go back to Ruben. You want to start with this clip? Yeah, um, well, again, it's, it's, no, it's, it's no surprise what WikiLeaks uh, has revealed. Um, you know, the, uh, the Clintons are basically for the Clintons, and that's it. I mean, they're, they're going to do the work uh, to benefit themselves. That's what the Clinton Foundation is all about. Uh, in regards to the Syrian refugees, I mean, um, they want 
that's part of that's part of George Soros. That's what George Soros has been. Um, that's been his goal to bring more, more uh, refugees and and, and and for the illegal immigrants to to invade the U.S. So basically, to so the middle class decline, speeds up the whole process of a one one world government. What's keeping the one world government from really appearing is still we have a we we have a a, a middle class um, group in America. So um, I think I think it, it, there there is a distinct possibility that what happened in in the UK with the Brexit can happen. Here with Donald Trump, I, I, I still see, I still have confidence that that, that, that could happen. Right, and, and I think so too. Um, and Luther, are you are you there? Do yeah, I'm here. Um, what no, what I'm do here. you make of it? Do you know what you're talking about? The whole <laughs> problem with all this is, is George Soros. Uh-huh. We got a double headed state with a handshake. We don't have a Democratic and Republican Party no more. We got a bunch of liberals, rhinos, and dictators. Bottom line is, it's out of control. Since when do we have an Attorney General that does not press charges on a criminal? the criminal is Hillary Clinton. They're coming they're, they're right in our face. They are That's what they're doing. The it's, and it's they love what they're doing. And they're just laughing. And for the ignorant people out here, they, these wars are all about propaganda and depopulation so the rich can get greedier and more evil. What's Hollywood? Hollywood runs this country. Hollywood. That's who runs this. Um, I, and, I have more to say. I mean, it's obvious. What did they say in the I, 1950s? They called Reagan. They called Reagan a. What did they call Reagan? A communist? Uh, you mean in the 1950s when they were chasing well, after the, the communists? I thought it was the 50s, but we'll let Ruben answer that. That's why Ruben's on here. God bless you, Ruben. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. Uh, well, uh, I, I think... Well, initially, initially Reagan was a, a Democrat, and then he became he became a Republican. He said, <laughs> but in reality, uh, they did call him they did call him uh, extreme. Uh, an extreme, uh, like, yeah, they they call him a communist. But you know, when people start uh, calling or calling names like that to an individual like Ronald Reagan, uh, you know who the true the true communists are, the people who are shouting out so loud that that Ronald Reagan was communist. So I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really uh, focus too much on that. But in regards to the well, yeah, what actually what he means is McCarthyism. That was the term in the fifties. Oh. But but go ahead, Ruben. That was before my time. 
Okay. Um, but to focus on 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 this whole situation with the um, with Hillary and 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 Donald, the Donald and 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 Brexit in the UK, the whole Europe EU uh, situation that that just happened um, with the EU uh, getting de- uh, defeated by um, the UK leaving the EU. What what I'm what I believe is going to happen. And I, like, again, I have a very, very strong feeling that that um, the Donald is going to overcome the obstacles that have been put in his way throughout this whole process by by Hillary and the media because they're all working together. They're all working together, uh, as mm-hmm. the gentleman from from the UK said. In in England, the the, the Political class and the, and the media class came together to really create fear that if you would go against the Brexit, you are a racist. And that's the same thing they're doing here, with uh, saying that if you vote for the Donald or if you are for Donald Trump, you're a racist. That's right. And that's part of the cultural Marxism coming in. Yes. That teaches right. that every that to to divide among class and um and and even men, the men and women divide everybody up. It's a divide and conquer strategy. And um you know and Rubin's right. If you are conservative, you're a racist. Okay. If you you are white, you're automatically a racist. Um, if you're a black conservative, you're racist. Um, you know, so that that's the whole thing. They don't want anything traditional. And, you know, otherwise you, you are in that bracket. And that's what Donald Trump seems to recognize, that, you, you know, that anything, uh, he, he, rec- he represents that part. And that's why it seems to be that, that they're all against him. Um, and by the way, uh, not to get off the subject, but tomorrow night's show begins at 9. We're having Dr. Jerome Heiler call in. He is going to explain how the cultural Marxism plays into this election. So I just wanted to mention that that's 9 p.m. right here um, on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I, I can send everybody the link. It will be on our Facebook page, so you can get to the show, or you can just call in and listen, 646-915-8117. That's 646-915-8117. And then on Thursday, um, we are going to be having Judge Reed Chambers coming in, and he's going to be giving us a detailed analysis on what's really happening with the polls. Because I know everybody on here tonight mentioned the polls. They're not accurate. I don't believe they're accurate. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I've never had a pollster call me. I don't know about anybody here on the show, but we've never had pollsters call us here. So I don't know who they're relying on or what they're relying on. Maybe it's, they're relying on the 2012 election. I don't know that. Um, but yes, they do seem to be erratic going up and down, and, uh, you know, from what we know about politics, 
they're probably not to be trusted. So um, that's on Thursday night show. Wednesday we don't have a show because Wednesday is debate night, right? Yes. yes. Wednesday is the final debate. Okay. The judge will also be um, be analyzing the debate with us. So Thursday we'll have a great show. Um, so I want everybody to tune in then. And I notice our our call line has been full tonight. And a lot of times, um, you know, when it's full, we do get more static in the line, so I apologize for that. And if you want to ask a question, just push one, you will go into the queue. Uh, because we normally don't call on you if we don't see that question mark here. So, again, if you want to ask the question, just press one. Um, but, anyhow, let's go back to you, Ruben. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so now you heard it about the polls, okay? And share us your thoughts on that. Well, I'm like you, Doreen. I have never been called by a pollster. Um, I, I wouldn't trust. I would not trust any of the polls that are being reported, uh, or the polls that have been reported, because again, a lot of those pollsters are traditional left-wing pollsters. They're not going to give Donald Trump any uh, positive feedback. It's always, you know, basically they're in for Hillary at all costs. And they're going to try and, and convince the American people that it's a waste to vote for Donald Trump. That it's a waste and that Hillary is going to be the president. Discourage people. They did that with... Um, well, years ago, I mean, eight years ago, with um, with, when McCain ran and when when uh, Romney uh, ran with Obama, basically they want to keep people away from the polls, saying there's no chance. But I think what they're forgetting, they're forgetting is that this time there's a Libertarian uh, candidate, Gary Johnson, and a lot of those a lot of those voters in the Libertarian Party are former Bernie Sanders supporters that are going to be voting for Libertarians. That's taking votes from Hillary. And people, I have not heard yes. too many people discuss that in the news media. And I, and, and I, and I get it. I get it. I, I know why they, they don't want to encourage and they don't want to expose that to people because it will, will really, really keep a lot of the Democrats um, from voting. Yes, and Hold on a minute. Uh, we do have a question here. Call it 201 407. You're on the air. How you doing? It's Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, what's up? We're hanging in there. What's up? We're talking about the voter fraud. I just want to mention real quick when when I went to see them for the primaries, I could only vote Democrat. The Republican side never would open, it would only be Democrat. And when that happened to me, I put it on Facebook. And I must have 15, 20 different people told me in their district the same thing happened, where you couldn't vote for the candidate you wanted. And they would tell me when I went in, they said, no, it's okay, it went through. But it never went through. So I stayed there So somebody went in the back and changed it, and finally I could vote for Republican. But that's, I don't know how we get to where we can stop that from happening. Go ahead, Ruben, you want to? Well, I, um, 
again with these new uh these new machines that are out there and you know people people will will traditionally vote for a certain candidate uh or a certain party but I'm beginning to get a little bit nervous about and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were, you, cause I, it was not too clear. You're, you're discussing about that you voted for Democrat during the primary, no. and then you vote. Uh, no, no, I, I voted for Republicans, I voted for Trump, but the only side that would open up was Democrat. On, on, the on the machine? On the machine. And then they told me that uh, it's okay, you know, your vote went through, it's okay you can leave. I said, I'm not leaving. And sure enough, I stayed. I did it. I tried it again. Same thing happened after the third time. Somebody went behind the machine, and then the Republican side opened up. Now, when I put that on Facebook, I had so many people write me back that in their district, and happened to them too. Right, right, and and that's 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 something that has been going on now, ever since the um, the Romney, when Romney ran against Obama the last time too, and again. We have we have a lot of these organizations. I, who works in, in in IT, can tell you that you can actually you can actually modify programs to, to do certain things. If you vote for one candidate, you can code in there. You can program it to reverse that that entry very easily. Okay. So, so my question well, is, how do we stop mm-hmm. that from happening? I I think we need to go back to the paper paper trail. You know, have a paper trail instead of a, a, an electronic trail. Well, because I'm sure that's going to be happening. Uh, it's great abundance yeah. during this election. Oh, definitely. Yes, I I think every state's different because in my state, like we have paper that we put in a machine and we we just mark off a magic marker and um. But oh yeah, Soros owns the machines that are used in sixteen of the states, of which Wisconsin seems it happens to be one of them. Seems like he's got his fingers in everything, huh? Yes, uh, yes. I want to point out, uh, Jimmy, that on Thursday, if you can make it, Judge Reed Chambers will be with us because he's had a lot of experience with that. Uh, Thursday night I'll be working, so I don't think I'll be able to make it on Thursday. Um, so I, I can um, actually send you the link and also get you connected with him on that. Okay, great. great. And, and and he he will explain that to you. Uh, that's our Thursday night guest, very experienced guest. Um, in fact, I think he even applied for a job to help the Trump campaign. Um, and he's going to talk about the project that he was doing o- over there in the Midwest, um, some of, you know, about helping with the environment and all that. Um, so he, he's our Thursday night guest, and, and he can clear up anything with the voter thing. And, you know, I just want to mention, too, something about the voter. You know, the big thing is the left always has people vote from the cemetery. Okay, and that goes back to the voter fraud. Right. Um, And I want to say something about here in New Jersey, only because I've been doing the work on campuses. 
um, Princeton had a machine, a voter machine, and, and by the way, the, the, the Princeton University is a um, designated voting um, uh, voter spot. And um, one year, must have been last election, they had a machine where if somebody um, votes for one person, the machine will calculate it for the other person because a virus is put in the back of the machine. Okay, so, um, and our professor friends proved it. So we have to be careful, too, about these machines as well. And it's to my understanding that um, some of these machines are manufactured by George Soros. Right. So that's, that's, that makes sense. Yes, I don't know, Lindsay. Was it you that told me that? Yes. Yes. Um, he has, I, he has yeah. A very, yeah. He has a. He has a vested interest. Yeah. 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 He, 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 he owns them that are going to be used in a minimum of sixteen of the states, of which Wisconsin is one of the states. Um. I, I mean, I, I feel comfortable at my polling team, but that's because I go to a small town hall, and just about everybody in my town is voting for Trump. But you know, we're, we're booked right on the liberal Madison, where things are a totally different story there. Um, but yeah, yeah Soros, Soros owns them. And going back to the Princeton case. Um, and Ruben, I want to tell you this. We have contacted the Republican Party down there to clean that up, and we have gotten no response whatsoever. So, you well, know. I'm not, I, I'm not surprised. You, you, you know, know, you know and, we're in a time right now. We're in a time right now that, I, look, I'm a Republican. I'm, I have to say I'm ashamed of the Republican Party today. The Republican Party and the Democratic Party, neither one of them are what they once were. They're both working together. I got a friend of mine out here in Jersey that uh, the business that he has, he has a lot of uh, uh, big politicians that go through. One of the biggest politicians in the state told him straight out that they both work together. <laughs> they work together, and they this way, if they want to get a bill passed, they do whatever gets them the perks that they need together. And this way... It makes it look like the other guy, the Republican, oh, he tried to help you, but they're all working together. And the Trump campaign is what brought this all out more than anything. The fact that now we see Republicans, Democrats, the media, everybody <coughs> pouncing on one candidate. It's, it's just positive proof that they're all working together, and this is why Trump has to get in. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, and that's probably why we never got a response from the Republican Party down in South Jersey there in Trenton. Right. You know, where this where this thing is taking place. Um, you, you know, so we have to do is even take back the Republican Party and get all these rhinos out of there. Right. You know, and and then. You know, and then we can start making some change here. Um, you, you know, and it's going to take a while. It's going to take several elections, okay? And I know working with the students, 
Um, our project isn't set for having any major successes right now, but, you know, we're working with the future. In the future, yeah, so you're, say, you're saying it's going to take several elections. We need it to be done in this election. This election, more than yes. ever, needs to be done. You know, so yes, somehow we've got to get, you know. I mean, look, if you look at the crowds that uh, Trump is getting in, and you look at what she's getting, the measly little crowds that she's getting, they're, the people yeah, but you are on know it by the media. What's yeah. that? You wouldn't know it by the media, you know. Right. Because I mean, they don't I mean, play that. They they don't, but we know that, and we know that uh, the majority of this country is, is likes what he's saying and are, is with him. But if if we all vote and our vote doesn't get counted as what's been happening, what good is it? So we need to take care of that voter fraud, and somehow I don't know if we can put people in each one of these places to make sure it doesn't happen. Right. Um, so, yep. Yeah. You want to ask a question? Yeah, I want to say something. Um, okay, go ahead. Okay, talk about Trump and his little piggy comments. You know, as the years went on, he worked his life. He worked hard for what he's got, what he's accomplished. You know, he's had some piggy remarks that weren't right, but he apologized. And when you apologize, you apologize, Jesus forgives. But the rest of them, they never apologize. They never have. They never will. Donald Trump is mm-hmm. for this republic. And you, and, and you know what? You give this guy a lot of credit. His life is on the line. If this guy ain't got balls, I don't know who don't. He don't. Who does? Because... Yeah. The fact of the matter is, when you have your own Republican Party and your ex-presidents voting for Hillary, this is a disgrace. Donald Trump and all these sexual allegations, but maybe you pick your remarks. Remember, only Jesus is perfect. Mm -hmm. And the clubs want to come at him about that. Well, Bill yeah. Clinton, you're a sexual pervert. Hillary Clinton, you're you're queer. You stood behind. You went against the church. You let Obama pass gay marriage. That is not normal. Them people are not no. normal. It's not normal. Let me tell you something else, and I'll say it publicly right now. Mm-hmm. The Muslims drink camel piss. There's a mm-hmm. disease called Mirza. It's a brain disease. It kills them. You mm-hmm. fall down on that road three times a day at school. Yeah. If you think I want them bringing right. Mirza, Luther, hold on. Okay, Luther, and bring them. Hold on, hold on. Let me say it. I don't time. Let me say it. Let me say it. I don't want to see camel piss brought as Kool-Aid to our schools. <laughs> uh-huh, okay. Uh, okay, folks, uh, we are running out of time, actually, and I hope all of you join us tomorrow night at 9 p.m. If you keep the 
call-in number 646-915-8117. You can listen or call in and ask a question. Tomorrow night's guest is Dr. Jerome Heiler, um, who's going to be detailing how the cultural Marxism played into this and what we need to do. He's actually a Seton Hall University professor. Um, and go ahead. Um, and by the way, don't forget to go to our website, studentsforabetterfuture.com, studentsforabetterfuture.com. If you can make a donation, that would be awesome. Um, and um, Ruben, do you want to do you want to give us the, the out, Hannes? We'll yeah, uh, just just basically, uh, don't believe what the liberal media tells you. Vote for Donald Trump. You'll see that. Uh, Definitely, uh, he'll, he'll he'll do a hell of a lot better than uh, than Hillary. Absolutely, and um, so to all our guests and everybody who called in, um, I want to say thank you for joining us tonight, um, and hopefully we can bring some sanity to this for everyone. Uh, and then join us. Don't forget to join us tomorrow night. So from Students for Better Future Radio, thank you and good night. Thank you. Yep. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.